0: Deck the halls with bells and blood, fa la 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 fusro da Welcome to the Nightmares podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today I can, you know, only assume you can guess what the fuck we're talking about. Only the worst holiday of the year, because it's not Halloween. But that's besides the point, I was outvoted on this topic. Anyways, I'm here today, I'm your host Zachary Smith, here with Mark Conway and Brandon Rakowski. How y'all doing today, motherfuckers?
1: Actually, that wasn't bad of an intro. It actually didn't. Merry Christmas, guys. It, it didn't suck. The um, uh, my it, intros
0: never suck except the last time I intro because I was put on the spot and I couldn't think of anything at the time
1: because of yeah. reasons. The uh, yeah, and I'm actually surprised considering how much you hate this, how much it actually worked. I but anyway, hate
0: Christmas. The
1: uh, anyway, Brandon, go ahead and tell us what we're talking about.
2: I like Christmas. Well, at least I like what Christmas is supposed to be. Um, as we were talking about before we started recording, Christmas is kind of what you make it. Yep. Um
0: and people make it terrible.
2: Th- there are, are a lot of people that just turn it into the most stressful time of the year. I like to turn it into the most relaxed time of the year.
1: Agreed, but that's, that's just me. Agreed. I mean I've been doing maybe I'm doing it wrong. I I don't I don't think so. The um, uh, I think it's a time to to hang out with people that you care about um, and to be reminded about the people that you care about. the
0: uh, I, I mean, do that all year long. Yep. Well,
1: good for you. The, um, uh,
2: yeah, today we're talking about, and since today is Christmas Day, indeed. Friday, and I'm assuming we didn't miss our typical Friday upload for oh, the Oh, never, 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 um, never. We are talking about Christmas horror movies.
1: The, uh, but actually, there's, there's, there's a few out there. The,
0: um, uh, Quite a few. The, yeah. The, oh, uh, there's plenty, just most of them are terrible.
2: It's like shark movies. For every one good one, there's like a million bad ones
0: close, Brandon. It's for every one good one, there's a hundred bad ones. Sure. But I'm they, talking
2: about Christmas horror movies. So. Yeah, there's not, I don't think there is I don't think many. there's that
0: many Christmas horror movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot out there. I'm like, sure there is, but yeah. still. One yeah. that we actually have a slight connection to that I actually have not seen. Really? Yeah. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Bruce was the special effects assistant on that movie.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In
2: fact, he showed a clip in his... One of his classes that I was in, I forget which one it was, but he, um, which for our listeners, Bruce, uh, refers to Bruce civilly. He was the screenwriting teacher for myself and Zach when we were in school. And he also produced a lot of special features for the classic James Bond movies, like the stuff from the Connery era through at least the Timothy Dalton era. He's I don't- I don't know if he did anything for Pierce Brosnan. I know he, I'm pretty sure he didn't do anything for Daniel Craig.
0: I want to say he did at least one thing for Pierce Brosnan.
2: Very knowledgeable person. Indeed. um, And a great teacher. Oh, yes. Excellent. One of the best. But of course, he's probably the bigger expert about his background of James Bond than I am because he's him. You don't say. I don't say. <laughs> um, so, Bruce, if you are listening and I got anything wrong about your James Bond background, I sincerely apologize.
0: Please write Brandon a strongly worded letter telling him how disappointed you are in him. Or
2: just,
1: you know, put a comment in the comments below. Either yeah. one will do. Yeah.
2: You, do, do the comment.
1: Um, <laughs> because Brandon gets excited when he receives letters from people and I think he would be greatly disappointed <laughs> if he got a very strongly worded letter. He's
2: just I well, would walk into the, the the way the post office is right now any strongly worded letter that's mailed to me I'm not getting for at least a year. No oh my that's god. That's actually a very fair point. He's
1: coming here a year later and and like or the middle of the summer and it's like I'm be all disappointed on the couch or the sand <laughs> with the letter next to him. He's like he's like dude what's wrong and, and he's like you know you know that year ago when we did that christmas podcast i finally got that angry letter <laughs> it was really hurtful anyway
2: <laughs> getting back to his involvement with in silent night deadly night part two he was the special effects assistant for it and there is one kill in that movie where basically i it's been forever since i've seen the clip but basically somebody gets electrocuted with um the hand yeah 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 and, with, the, what do you call it, jumper cables, I think they were. Yeah. And the hands actually attaching the jumper cables to the person are Bruce's hands in that one shot. Nice. nice.
1: Very cool, very cool. The, uh, so, uh, so Brandon, you wanna you want to kick it off with uh, your list?
2: Yes. A very um,
1: simple yes. <laughs> yes.
2: So, I kind of want <clears throat> to highlight some lesser-known Christmas horror movies. Uh, Because, you you know, every year people talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night, which, like I said, I still have not seen part two, even though our screenwriting team are involved with it. And I actually have not seen the original either.
1: Mm.
2: I think Brian Usna directed the fourth one. Um, So the two big ones that I just want to sort of mention, uh, because, I mean, it's like there's no shortage of people that talk about these movies. The greatest Christmas horror movie of all time, if you ask me, is, of course, going to be Joe Dante's Gremlins.
1: It's definitely on my list. The um, uh, I, yeah, it's definitely on my list. I, c- I can't not mention that movie without talking about something about Christmas. Yeah,
2: there's a reason why it's a classic.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, let's move on from that though. That's just gonna be depressing. <laughs> so that's
2: Grilinson. and then The other big one I have is one that I was watching as Mark arrived today, and that's Krampus. Uh, it's just a fun movie. Um, I, my biggest complaint with it though is it's more like about Krampus's minions than actual Krampus i would give you that. The um, Also going to be on my list. But it is a very well done movie done by Michael Doherty, who of course did Trick or Treat, and the recent Godzilla King of the Monsters. As a director, I have yet to be disappointed by him. But yeah, I saw that one in the theater, really enjoyed it, and... It, yeah, Mark, since that one's going to be on your list, I'll leave that one mostly for you. Fair enough, but fair enough, I do think it is a very good Christmas horror movie. Other than when I've been on the ships, I do think I've watched it at least once every Christmas season since it came out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far, Michael Doherty overall for his movies are three for three, which means he's also two for two on the holiday horror movies, so... Yeah, even though I don't want him pigeonholed as the holiday horror person, he's done a good job so far, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Krampus, just on a technical level, is really went above and beyond on a lot of things. And probably my favorite part of the movie is when the girl is trying to get to her boyfriend's house and it's just, you can't see it. It's just like there's so much fog from the snow and everything. It's dark, and just the sound design of Krampus jumping on the rooftops and his howl—like it's a really done, well done scene. That's like, and especially if you listen to it with uh, with the uh, full surround mix, like that sound design that will just make you cold.
1: you you know what? And 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 I I, when I was watching it, and I'll talk more about it when I get there, but I, I do want to say this: this that movie had could have been extremely lazy at every turn. Yeah, and And especially since there
2: are so many like really cheapoid Krampus movies out there.
1: Yeah, it it could have like it could have relied entirely on on the on the uh, CGI oriented things. It could have said fuck it to all of the set design, to all of the atmosphere, sound design, um, practical effects, the puppetry. It could have it could have just been really fucking lazy and just said eh. You know, we got these kind of famous people in, in this movie. Like, you know, let's just do a, you know, a horror movie and then call it a day. But there was actually a genuine effort. And the and at least in my eyes, when I saw it, I was like, this is something that we would have made. Because we love to do shit like this. Um, would it have been the same story? No, I maybe mean, not necessarily. But every But a lot of detail and love and care was put into it. And I was like, these are guys that are fans of the genre. Yeah, and and I'm I'm looking at what Michael
2: Doherty has coming up. And he did have a hand in writing the screenplay for the upcoming upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong. Okay. He didn't direct it, but he did direct King of the Monsters, which I really liked. I think it's probably one of the most underrated movies of 2019, probably. Oh, absolutely. If not the most underrated movie.
0: The thing that annoyed me about that movie is with 2014 Godzilla, everybody's just like, there's no Godzilla, there's no Godzilla.
2: And I agree. You call it Godzilla, and you put Godzilla in the next and to none of And they gave us a movie that's full of Godzilla and monster fighting. Everyone's like, there's too much Godzilla and monster fighting in this movie.
0: It's like, just like, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you!
1: Dude, I this think... This
0: movie was
2: phenomenal! It was
0: awesome. Think, it was great! I we think, saw it
1: in IMAX, and I fucking loved it! Dude, I think everyone just loves the bitch. Like, and that's just, at the end of the day, that's just what it is. The, yeah. um, uh, but
2: he is also apparently gonna have a hand in the writing for the upcoming hellraiser tv series oh
0: yeah i don't care i'm it just, just yeah, yeah. which
2: i mean I, I know hellraiser's kind of gone through some very cheap hands as of late yeah, but say. Uh, oh yeah but um i mean if it's <laughs> gonna be in the hands of somebody like michael doherty who has literally put so much care into everything he's had involvement with that at least gives me hope And apparently, on the directing side, we're getting David Gordon Green, who did the most recent Halloween.
1: So it's it's at least
2: in the hands of people that know what they're doing. We'll see. um, I'm not going to get my hopes up.
1: No, nor should you. But you know what? At the end of the day, though, like Brandon was saying, it is in the hands of people that have a proven track record for giving a shit. I
2: I am more excited for this than I am for whatever that found footage Hellraiser was. We're not
0: going to talk about that. Yeah. That was, was just... Was that
2: Revelations or Judgment? Either either way. The one that was... I'd rather hear that Hellraiser is in the hands of Michael Doherty and David Gordon Green than hear that Hellraiser is still in the hands of Dimension Extreme.
0: Yeah. I, I will say this. The last Hellraiser movie that came out wasn't terrible, but it wasn't really good either. It just was like, this is... doesn't even feel like Hellraiser. You, oh, you have Pinhead in it, and he's not a bad Pinhead.
2: The guy that got to play it actually did a pretty good job, but... It was just like, this is. Eh. It's like the Ben Affleck Batman thing. It's not his fault the script sucked. Yeah.
1: Indeed. <laughs> the bloody mess.
2: Um, since we just talked about Krampus, I think that's a good segue into the first one I have. And it's one that I actually just watched today. And it's one that it actually came out the same year as Krampus. And I did think, and I avoided it for the long time because I did think that it was one of those cheapoid knockoff, like, not sci-fi channel, but, you know, sci-fi channel quality type movies. You know, they're a dime a dozen. Uh, if you search Krampus on Amazon Prime, you see, like... There's a, a shit hunt? ton. Yeah, there's a lot of Krampus movies. 99% of them are Hot the type garbage. of movie I'm talking about here. And I did think this movie was one of them, but just lately this year, it's been popping up on a lot of, like, top Christmas horror movie lists. And then I found out William Shatner was in it. Right. And so I'm just like, okay, maybe there's a something to this, so I'll check it out. And it's called A Christmas Horror Story. Hmm. Interesting. And it's basically uh, the overly simplified description of it is it's the Christmas version of Trick or Treat, in which there are different stories going on on Christmas Eve that are all horror stories, but instead of Halloween, like in Trick or Treat, it's Christmas related. Mm. And uh, Zach, you have this look on your face. Did you just look it up? Or yep, ten Krampus movies <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Yep. All right. Jesus. <laughs> and is that including the actual legit Krampus movie? I
0: believe so. I okay. don't know because they all look <laughs> the fucking same to me. <laughs>
2: they really do.
1: The uh, oh my god, that's terrible. And I actually this this one movie I've seen on um, uh, it's on Shutter right now.
2: Yeah, um, I actually um, watched it on Shutter.
1: The um, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about watching it for this podcast. So anyway, tell us uh, tell us about it.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's uh, different stories, kind of interconnected. And when I and when I read Christmas stories, I was like, oh, so is it like an anthology? Not really. Like it is, but it isn't. It is different stories, but they all are somewhat interconnected. And it's not the anthology the anthology format where it's like, here's one story. And here's the next one. Here's the next one. They are actually intercut with each other. All right. So it's like I understand. And from my understanding is that um, there are three directors on this movie. And they kind of just divided up the stories amongst each other. Um, and they each treated one as its own production. But then in editing, that's where they intercut them together. And it's, yeah. So it takes place on Christmas Eve. And there are four main stories. Um, but sort of the connecting tissue in a way is you have William Shatner playing a DJ who's pulling a long shift at the radio station Um, so one story is three students are making, three high school students are making sort of like a little documentary about these murders that happened at their school a year prior on Christmas Eve Uh, they get locked in the school during that time in the section where the murder happened. And there is a ghost who has plans for them, let's say. Alright. Uh, that story I was just kind of meh on. Um, I liked the mythology behind it, but just overall just didn't really, it was a good idea, but it just didn't grab me the way that some of the other stories in this did. Um... The next story is there's a family, mother, father, and their little son, who's maybe seven, six years old, somewhere between six and eight, let's say. Um, The father was actually one of the cops that investigated the murder at the school the year prior. And because of trauma, he was forced to take a leave of absence from the force. And so the family is going to get a Christmas tree. They actually break on break into some farmer's land to get a tree. Um, they lose their son. Their son gets lost in the woods. They find him. They bring him back home. But it turns out... And somewhat small spoiler alert, it turns out that the kid that they found isn't their actual son, but rather a changeling. Yeah. And I actually liked this story quite a bit because like, you don't get changeling stories, like, ever. Like, even Clint Eastwood's movie changeling isn't an actual changeling it's that's just the title i've the seen it
1: one other time um in an episode of supernatural that and is that's it.
2: not even a movie that's a tv show correct um so it's actually doing doing a story based off of a monster that we don't see i really appreciated and i just thought it was a really well done story kind of a slow burn but i liked it nice. um once they introduced like at first it was like all right where's this going But then once the changeling aspect was introduced, it was, all right, I like where this is going. Nice, nice. I like it. Uh, Third story, uh, there's a family. um, uh, Mother, father, son, daughter, and the daughter is actually friends with the three students doing the documentary. In fact, she was supposed to be with them at the school, but her family's making her go out of town to visit their aunt. And their aunt tells... Basically tells them about the spirit of Christmas known as Krampus. Um, she makes them leave because she doesn't like them. And basically on, on the road home, they're in a car accident and they're basically hunted by Krampus. So we got um, another Krampus. This one, and I wanted to like this story more than I did. Right. Um, I really liked the idea of it. I liked the characters, like much like the actual Krampus movie that we were talking about. These are not good people, <laughs> which I think is kind of necessary for a Krampus story. Um, you would think? K- kind of like... what the, the big thing with this one is, so like I said, this, the movie does intercut between the stories, and for the longest time, I felt like this story kind of just fell off the face of the earth in the movie. Yeah. So it's like it sets it up, and then just, it just... <coughs> went a really long stretch of period of time without going back to it. And then until finally it did, i was like, all right. So th- this story is still going. All right. Um, but yeah, they're just tramped on the side of the w- side of the road, pretty much being picked off by Krampus. Um, they take refuge in a church and basically family drama is, uh, <laughs> Brought to light the uh, oh um, of i don't course. spoil what but it's like oh wow these people are worse than i thought they were and i already thought they were pretty terrible
1: that's usually Woo! how that happens
2: um and then the ending of that one wasn't bad but it was also kind of just like all right that was weird um i don't spoil but you know but it, it was a fun one um good simple idea i just feel like it was done a disservice by the movie by just kind of ignoring it for a long stretch of time. Hmm. Um, but I do think that was a solid one. Okay, yeah, fair enough. And then the final story, and this is the story that's on the cover of the movie and the poster. And yeah, I was wondering
1: when when Aga was going to come. That's a very very specific yeah. like movie poster.
2: And it's actually, probably the poster is the reason why I avoided the movie, because like I said, it looks like one of those cheap knockoff Krampus movies. Mm. It looks like it. Um, but it's basically Santa Claus in the North Pole. Um, his elves all get infected and become zombies, but they're not like brainless zombies. Like They can still talk, mm. and they basically become like really rude and nasty and evil okay um and so santa's basically having to kill his way through his elves
1: so they basically turn into trolls rather than elves yeah i guess so but But they're
2: undead oh okay they are undead and it basically culminates into santa claus versus krampus i will not spoil the ending of this one okay um the ending of this one is a twist i'll call it that not the greatest twist not a bad twist either. But a twist nonetheless. But it's list. enough of a twist that if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it. And in fact, I kind of semi-apologize for even saying there is a twist. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and yeah, overall, it was a fun movie. Uh, I, it takes its time. It really takes its time. It's an anthology um, story. They yeah, often do. And it's, like, it's, like, it's almost 20 minutes longer than Trick or Treat and like Trick or Treat is only like an hour and 20 minutes and that movie just keeps moving okay like it, it that movie is just pure story like it doesn't stop for anything it's just like you here are your stories that we're gonna tell them really well whereas this movie really takes its time to get going and so I do wonder if I would've liked it more if it did if it was closer to the runtime of Trick or Treat and it didn't have and it if they didn't give it time to just, like, you know... Marinate. Marinate. Not even marinate, but it's just kind of like... I feel like it's just trying to pad the runtime when it didn't need to. Fair um, enough. Like, it, it just felt like it had a lot of extra skin on it. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Right. Um, not that that's a bad thing, but I, I felt the length in the first half. But it did pick up in the second half.
1: All right. Well, yeah, as long as you stick the landing, you yeah. can forgive a lot of stuff.
2: I'd rather a movie be slower in the beginning but pick up in the end and end well than a movie start really well and just completely fall apart. Oh,
1: it. yeah. A fucking disaster if that happens. Yeah,
2: um, But, yeah. Very much worth a watch. If you're like me and you were avoiding it because of the poster and you thought it was a knockoff Krampus movie, it's not. It is above that line of standard. It is a legitimately well-done movie maybe the slow pacing will put you off maybe it won't but it is a good enough movie that it's worth seeking out and watching at least once fair enough fair enough um and then I have two more that I want to talk about and the next one I have is one that I showed you guys better watch out which I enjoyed yeah the, um, no, it was a
1: fun one the um it was I mean it's a simple concept but it was it was a, it was a fun yeah. one
2: and the reason I show it to you guys is it's a movie that you can't really talk about it without going into a major, major spoiler for the story. Yeah. Um, and I wanted us to be able to talk about it more than just, it's good, but I can't spoil it for you. Moving on. Fair enough. I wanted to think a little more than that. Um, so if you haven't seen Better Watch Out. Um, spoiler alert? Spoiler alert. Yeah. Skip, skip, it's gonna ruin ahead. the whole
0: movie for you, so if you have any interest in watching it, go yeah.
2: watch it. Or should should we save this one for a little later in the podcast? So we already
0: talked about it. Let's just, we it. About it. Let's just go yeah, into let's it. Yeah, let's go right. right into it. So
2: basically, uh, there's this twelve year old kid and his ba- and he's his babysitter's coming over. She's moving away. And she's been his babysitter for years, so it's kinda like this is like her big goodbye to him. And the kid has this really annoying friend. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ, he's annoying.
2: <laughs> Definition of annoying friend, um, and but he goes home, and so uh, he ha- and basically the kid has plans to basically uh, confess his love for his babysitter and everything. It and wants the fucker. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Um, I was getting to that. He's um, twelve years old, by the way. Hormones.
1: They, uh, I don't know. They get to you, don't they? Anyway. Yeah.
2: Um. Isn't it awful when you don't have parents who teach you to, you know, suppress everything? <laughs> wait.
1: Wait, 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 wait a minute. They, uh. Um,
2: there's nothing wrong with hormones. Just learn to control
1: them. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and don't go into a, you know.
2: Don't, don't do what the kid in this movie does. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, don't do that.
2: Um, so, anyway, uh, they're home alone. Um, and basically starts off as a home invasion. Uh, intruders are trying to get into the house. Uh, they throw a cinder block through the window with, uh, if you leave, you die written on it. Um, the kid's friend comes back and he tries running out of the house and he gets shot pretty much. And so then the kid and his babysitter are hiding in the closet. And basically the babysitter figures out that this is all a prank pulled by the kid because... He thinks that if he scares her and protects her from these intruders, uh, she'll fall in love with him.
1: Once, once again, a guy going to the nth degree to fucking not talk. even a guy, a kid. They, uh, he's he's twelve a dude. year
0: old kid trying to get in the pants of an yep. eighteen year old, sixteen year old, sixteen, well no.
2: sixteen,
1: seventeen. Oh. They uh, either way,
2: she wasn't eighteen.
1: Anymore. No, once again, a guy going to extreme lengths to sleep with a girl. The uh, it doesn't matter what age they are that you know that it happens at all ages.
2: There is such thing as going too far, Mark. The, no uh, shit. Well, you know, as the, evidenced by what happens next. Oh my
1: God! What doesn't um, happen?
2: And so she is understandably not happy, pissed yeah. off. Um, and so basically, the kid knocks her down the stairs. She gets knocked out, and she wakes up tied to a chair, and. Yeah yeah this kid is a psychopath
1: the and i know this goes without saying but I, we forgot to mention it or at least i thought you forgot to mention this this all takes place around christmas yeah so there's the christmas trees and christmas lights and all kinds of shit going on obviously we're talking about it this way but just figured i'd throw that out there because people might be listening and being like what the fuck does it have to do with christmas like well it's happening at christmas
2: and it's called better watch out
1: i sure but you yeah. know just saying
2: um and basically the uh Kid manipulates things. That her boyfriend comes over. Her ex-boyfriend comes over, and, and her
1: ex-boyfriend's fucking retarded. Freaking idiot. Like, well, like that's an understatement. Like, dude, if like if like Paxson and fucking Abercrombie and Fitch were a person, like that would <laughs> that would be that guy.
2: And then uh, probably one of my favorite parts, though, is um, so the kid and his friend had this disagreement about the paint can scene from, from Home, home Alone. And so they do their own little experiment to see what would have actually happened if you knock a full paint can from the stairs on a rope into somebody's head.
1: And you find out. It,
2: it didn't end well for the boyfriend. I'll put it that way.
1: No, it did not. Um, the, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. The, um, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think my only critique of it, though, and the more I think about it, and this is just a personal thing for me, I would have liked the belief in the prank to go on a little bit longer than it actually did. I would have liked it if if the it wasn't
2: basically, half,
1: half of the movie. Um like it was it was almost split down the middle yeah, of, it of is half al- and half.
2: Like it's not quite through the halfway point where it's revealed. It's
1: it's pretty close, but I would have personally liked to keep that portion that was the half in the last third, in the last act. I would have truncated it. Um really? Um, I think that the pace would have been even faster, mm-hmm. um, and I think I would have
2: liked it if it was a little bit more phonetic. But, I but, but I mean, I think it's paced pretty well because, like, when they do reveal, when they do reveal that it's actually a prank, it is it, like I even the first time I saw it, I'm just like, this is a home invasion movie. Like, where is this left to actually go? With because, like, they already killed the kids' friend, killed yeah, killed the kids' friend with a pink friend. ball gun. It's literally just them, they're cornered in a closet. There's not a whole lot left for for this to go. Mm. Um, so I do think they revealed it at the right,
1: fair enough. The um, I think I, I don't know, I think it, um, it would have been a, a little bit more, I guess, for me, just because he's a little kid, um, even though he's a, it, clearly a genius, um, I would have liked. Um, I think it would add a little bit more yeah. um, tension with a, a, a more. They, they, re- they
2: really took the manipulative mama's boy to. The oh my god! Degree. Yes,
1: it's, but he's fucking Sheldon if he was a psychopath. Actually, this may be Sheldon, the because uh, Sheldon's kind of a fucking psychopath. The uh, so, wow, there's a thought. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, but yeah no, no this was this was a good movie the uh, I dug it
2: yeah, um, so. Uh, I, I hope somebody seeks it out. Like, I don't want to, like, I wanted to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it too much because of spoilers, but it's one that should be talked about.
1: Fair enough. The, uh. Um...
2: Especially talked about more than it already is. Like, there was, on Facebook, I even saw something floating around recently that was like, what's your favorite Christmas horror movie? And it had the posters of, like, six horror movies. Yeah, six movies here. And I have it up here right here. In the six that shows our Krampus, Christmas Horror Story, the 2006 remake of Black Christmas, which I still have not seen, um, but I do want to seek out. The, have you seen um, it? There? Nope. Justin said it's actually pretty decent. Okay. Um, it's actually written and directed by the same guy that did the Willard remake with Crispin Glover. Oh. Um, I believe he had involvement with X-Files and Final Destination, if he's the person that I think he is. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I still, of course, have not seen. Anna and the Apocalypse, which was okay. No, it wasn't. It,
1: yes. it was bad. I, I'm going to talk about that when we get to my turn.
2: And Gremlins, which is Amazing. great. So it's like, yeah. yeah, Better Watch Out has obviously not not reached that big of an audience yet. So seek it out. And so then the last one I have to talk about, and this is one that just premiered two days ago as of this recording, and that is Shudder's Creepshow Holiday Special. Oh. Um, so the Creepshow TV series, which is really good. It's only gone for one season. Uh, production of season two had to be delayed because of COVID, but I, it is my understanding that they are back in production. They might have actually finished principal photography, or they're almost done, but they were able to get back into production. But to still give their audience something, um, this past Halloween they gave us an animated special and now they've given us a holiday special. Now normally each episode is two stories, but this one they did one double long story instead. Based off of a short story called Shapeshifters Anonymous. In fact, the story retains the name Shapeshifters Anonymous. And it's about a man who believes he's a werewolf who's killing people. And he seeks out a. Uh, one of, It's sort of like AA, but for shapeshifters. Huh? Okay. And there's one person there who says she's a were cheetah, one is a were boar, one is even a were tortoise. Um, who the
0: fuck would want to be the were tortoise? Somebody who's really boring and unimaginative. that, that Well, it's, it's not that
2: he wanted to be it, it's oh, that's what he became.
1: I, it, it just, but is he, though, or is it all bullshit? Yeah, uh, that sucks. I, 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 oh, it
2: gets weirder. Um. And then you have one member there who isn't even actually a shapeshifter. She's just a furry who dresses up as a hippo. Oh, yeah, God. What? <laughs> Fucking hippos aren't even fur... Oh, Jesus Christ. And then you have one person there who just sits there. Doesn't say anything. Nobody knows what he is or why he's there. But he just came he's for the free there. coffee? The... He's just there. He doesn't even do anything. He just sits there. Yo. Says nothing. Um... And so, he's like and so basically
1: scruffy from Futurama. And so
2: basically they're helping this guy sort of come to terms with the fact that he's a shapeshifter and they give the history and that basically Santa Claus hunts shapeshifters. And all the mall Santas in the world are actually Santa's army. And then Santa's army tracks them down. and so they have to defend themselves and shoot up Santa's army and then, actual santa shows up i i
1: i have i I, don't, I have nothing i feel sorry for
0: the tortoise holy shit um oh my god it's a random pastime for santa claus it
2: is a very bizarre 46 minutes i clearly it yeah, is not bad i want to be clear about that um but yeah and i watched it with justin and i'm i am and what we said at the same time when it was over, that was weird. Yeah, it sounds fucking weird. Like, I can only like, imagine it what was, it actually is. It was really weird. I've like, never was, heard of a weird tortoise. Like, it was probably one of the weirdest times that I've ever had watching a TV show.
1: And you watch Preacher. Um, and it's
2: it's super weird. Damn.
1: Um and, that's really fucking
2: weird. It's not bad. It's worth. It's worth. It's, wor- it's worth watching.
1: All right, fair. I mean, I'll take your word for it for sure. But I don't it, it was take- funny.
2: All right. all right. It had that creep show humor to it. Oh. Right. But it was really weird.
1: It's also creep show. Creep shows pretty weird.
2: Yeah. This is weird, even for that.
1: That's surprising. That is very surprising. The. Um,
2: like it's like what was what was Greg Nicotero on when he directed
1: this? Drugs. Lots of them. <laughs> The, um, um, uh,
2: that's an understatement
1: yeah lots of drugs and the and the good kind of drugs not the bad kind of drugs
2: but yeah that's um, debatable but yeah it was a good time a weird time looking forward to season 2 now that Walking Dead's gonna be coming to an end I hope he's able to put even more time into future creep show stuff okay because um, I'm really liking overall I'm like really uh on average, two stories per episode. We have six episodes in season one, plus the holiday special. So that's seven episodes, 14 stories, plus the holiday special. So we basically have 15 stories, and only two of them I just didn't like. So 13 out of 15 good stories so far. That's pretty keep, good. Keep
1: it coming. That's pretty good. The um, uh...
2: And yeah, that's pretty much my Christmas horror list for so... today. Burns um, ate up more than half of our time today. But, hey, that's okay. Um, I, like... I, I have a feeling I had the most out of the three of us. Agreed. Today. So yell, I'll but... pass it on to one of you. And,
1: and, and Zach gets to talk about Anna and the Apocalypse, his favorite Christmas uh, horror movie. The movie ever. was fucking terrible. The uh, movie pl- was hard to watch. Please tell us about it. It's
0: a musical. <laughs> it's a Christmas musical that forgets it's a musical, but when it remembers it's a musical. It's a bad musical because one, the lip sync is some of the worst lip sync I've ever seen in cinematic history. And two, the voices of the people who are singing do not match the voices of the people who are actually on screen. It is really fucking annoying and cringeworthy to watch. (laughs) Like I was literally sitting here in my seat and I asked these two, I'm like, am I the only one who's like, just hating this right now? Like just feels terrible watching this? I was actually somewhat excited for this movie. I'm like, oh, that looks fun and cool. No, it's not. It's annoying and shit and terrible. Just, what the fuck? This should have been a stage play, not a movie.
1: Yeah, it would have been much better as a stage play. The, stage uh,
0: play, perfect. Give a splatter zone and everything, it would have been great. Movie? No. They, they dropped the ball hardcore on this one. It is
1: really, like, the more I thought about it, it was really, really bad, like, like almost like bad old kung fu movie, uh, lip singing type of no, deal.
0: that's at least funny. This was just cringe,
1: okay? So, I it's okay. So, I'm a obviously, I have a if if anybody's been watching any one of our podcasts, they'll know that I have a pretty extensive background in, in theater and in musical theater. So, you know, I watch a lot of fucking musicals and I in movies, television shows, and on stage, I've been in them. Um, the so the the music it is actually pretty good. The um, uh, and I think that's the really disappointing part about it. I actually enjoyed the music, and had I listened to it on a separate soundtrack, I would have been like, "Oh, this is pretty good." The um, uh, you know it, the lyrics were you know were okay. You know it was it was uh, it was a high school type musical, so I dug it. I dug the sound, but it's very you know, you don't like that type of music. Um, That's very Um, atypical of musical theater.
2: And one thing I do want to add, and if you just watch the trailer, you'll probably think that this is a movie that's trying to make fun of musicals. It's not, it is actually trying to be a legitimate Musical. I did not get that feeling at all I, from the trailer.
1: I, 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 thought I, I was trying really, to be a legit
2: musical.
0: I
1: mean, right. so did, and so did I. The I actually thought it was going to be like a fun. Which
2: I, I have met people who thought it was going to be a spoof of musical. Really? Really? So oh, okay. oh, okay. All right. It, that's it a, is actually trying to be a legit musical, and that's probably sort of the beginning of my biggest complaint with the movie. And my biggest complaint is the story is super basic. It is. That is my biggest gripe.
1: I thought it was going to be Zombieland. Zombieland the musical. Like, I thought it was going to have that same kind of fun feel to it. And, you know, and, and be, you know, have that same energy. And it just, it kind of doesn't. The, um, uh, it, end, it ends up falling flat. And I'm going to, I'm going to even excuse the, the, the bad lip singing, which was bad. The, um, I think overall it was like, just it was bad. It, it
2: didn't bother me as much. Um, it was like, hurting I, my I, soul. I'd, I'd rather, because like, Filming a musical is really difficult. I'm, I'm is. Just gonna, I'm just going to put that up, up right there. So the fact that they even got a musical made, all in of itself, is impressive. Fair uh, enough. Regardless of lip sync quality, they did it, and they made it, and it got distribution. That's something to be proud of regardless. That's um, like, knowing how musicals are made, it's like, of course they're going to be using... Dub tracks. All right. Because, like, I've seen Les Miserables where they use the live singing and the way that that affects the cinematography and editing structure. Uh, I never again. Never. Like, I, I would rather. Something like Anne of the Apocalypse and something like most recent lately. I, I need never, to see. I, ne- yeah. I never
1: saw the movie. I love the stage play so much. I um, refuse to see the movie.
2: I need to see the movie just so I can compare the two. Yeah.
1: But and here's the thing:
0: I've seen a lot of movie musicals before, and I'm not the biggest fan of movie musicals. Hell, I'm not the biggest fan of musicals. I've never had that hard of a time getting through one though. Like
2: this was hurting Still to though, get through. Ha- having Zach review musicals is like having somebody who doesn't like RPGs review an RPG gee
1: sure <laughs> that seems oddly specific and you don't get and it probably a reference i'm not even involved in but okay the
2: uh, I, I i just crossed a line with a comment there i'll just put it that way uh, <laughs>
0: okay, so, oh, so, so i'm sorry
1: the uh
2: um, ooh, okay uh, we'll, i'll find out about that later well, uh yeah, but for for being a and it's, so yeah i mean making a musical a bit, yeah. is super difficult even more difficult if you're an independent film. Producer. So and it's like this movie clearly did not have Les Mis money. It clearly no. did not have Across the Universe money. Um, so it's on, just in terms of knowing how hard making any film is. Hell, look at how hard it's been making our four short films, one of which still in post production at the time of this recording. Um, it's difficult. So it's like, I, I, I do sympathize with the independent filmmaking there it's still yeah this feels like something that was made by because like even looking at the um background of this movie i couldn't find much but it is based on a short film that was only that was like less than 10 minutes long and the director of that who's also one of the credited screenwriters of this movie actually died of cancer a few years prior to this movie being made that's rough um, so this does feel like so knowing that it does feel like these pe- it does feel like it was made by people who've just been making shorts and they were finally able to get to a point where they could make a budgeted feature. musical based off of a short story that their comrade has written. Um, so it's like it, it is a lot of y- y- it's hard to draw the line of independent because. I can't remember if I've ever said this on the podcast, but I've said this a lot in our own personal conversations. When you actually look at a lot of these independent movies, you never see just one production company's logo yeah, it's in front five. of it. You get a few, so it's it literally takes you cannot do it on your own to make it a takes feature, a especially if you want a feature that's actually going to go somewhere. Um, so, yeah, it's still independent, but it's, you know, multiple production companies joining forces to make this independent feature and get it a budget. Um, but, yeah, it's the lip stink is still bad, but knowing what I know about how it, what it takes to make a movie, I would rather have a dub track musical that's a little off, but still have the filmmaking there than have something like Les Mis where the filmmaking suffers because they want something live and the music matches the lip movements exactly because it was recorded live. But that being said, the story of this movie is where it drops the ball. It is good music with a super basic story and I think it needed something beyond that basic story to really succeed in my eyes. Here's the thing: I
0: feel like you're un, like you're not really addressing how bad the lip sync was. like you make it sound like it was just slightly off, like maybe a millisecond or two. No, there was like a good second to even two seconds sometimes where the lip sync was really, really fucking bad. And that's there.
2: but I don't think it's as I don't think it's as bad as you're making it sound. But also, like you said, it's not as willy-nilly as probably I just made it sound. It's so, somewhere, so somewhere
1: in... So, uh, how, about, how about I be the person in the middle? And actually, you know what? My biggest criticism is actually not not that. Um, uh, it's it's. I agree with everything that both of you said. And actually, it's something that you said that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Which was, the people that are singing don't sound like the people that they actually are.
2: And here's what's interesting about that, too. Going through the credits, IMDb, Wikipedia, I cannot find any actual evidence that they had different people sing for those characters. And,
1: and that's what the weird part about it is, and I don't know if it's because of the, the lip-syncing that it yeah. caused this. So I don't but, know if it
2: is because of lip-syncing, but also... And there are a lot of people whose singing voices are completely different from their regular talking voice, I, is that, so is that I don't about, want to discount that.
1: It's not even about that. It's just about I've again, I, I, I've been watching movie musicals and musicals for a very long time, and the and you there's certain things in the you know in the voice and in the mannerisms and in the inflections and in the, you know the, the tiny details of where I can tell where, you know, even when you're singing, your personality is still there, even if it's in in its most minute um, categories. And I think, okay, and I think this is the reason why. Even if they are the people that have been singing it, the problem... they may or may not be. They may or may not be. But I think the problem is because there was some disconnect at some point with what was going on performance-wise and what was when they actually recorded the singing. I don't know if there wasn't enough direction in the actual singing booth. Because when you you direct um, a musical, you have to direct on set, but you also have to direct in the booth when they're redubbing their tracks and singing. And the interesting thing is that I think that there wasn't enough direction when they were actually in the fucking booth singing the song and saying, hey, this is your actions. These are the emotions that you were feeling. I have to direct you twice. When you do a musical, you got to direct them twice. Once when they're doing the like I just said, the physical actions, and then once when they're in the fucking recording booth. But like I was saying, you have to direct them twice. You have to direct them in the booth, singing, and in there. And I think that there was just a huge disconnect between the emotions they were feeling when they were singing and the emotions when they were feeling when they were acting. And I understand how fucking difficult that is. I, I do. I once had an ADR an entire scene um, one time because they lost the audio for, uh, for it in a, in a rom-com. So I understand when you have to react, whatever the hell it is. But at the end of the day, it is something that you have to do. And I think I'm going to blame more of the direction and more of the involvement of the director and the rest of the crew, the sound folks, than I am going to blame the actor on that one. But I, I do – I'm to give a little bit of blame to the actor, but – and that's the, I think the reason why Zach that you were like these are probably not the same fucking people which it very, very were clearly like vague, I, I I, I
2: could not find any av- any evidence. actual solid evidence one way or the other
1: I think that they were really fucking concerned about singing once they were in the booth and they were and they were less concerned about acting which guess what it's a huge fucking problem because musicals are acting and singing
0: yeah and you know what that that actually does make a lot of sense and that very well might be the case but at the end of the day i don't give a damn that is not a, that is not a good movie
1: and it's an interesting experience i i just know for me that that i hope i hope that that musical was overambitious people in, in – um, reality getting the best of them rather than the, a golden handcuff situation i would
2: watch something else that they do to see what they do so what there i is i also, want to see it's, there it, is also the point of view of sometimes you just gotta release something
1: i hear you like it,
2: you're never gonna get better if you never release anything
1: you gotta have a starting point and, and god and you you know what and i i'm gonna take a guess and say it was it's over ambition because because fucking musicals, like the hardest thing you can fucking release next to a heavy effects-driven, um, uh, movie. Like you, like that's one of the hardest fucking yeah. things you can do to film. So I, I like to think it's it was over, uh, over ambition that backfired on them rather than golden handcuffs. The um, I certainly hope it's not. It, it, I, I never want to get caught in the golden handcuffs argument. Um, uh, but. The uh, but yeah, I'm hoping it's overambition. I would very much like to see something else they would they would do outside of a musical oriented thing. Um, I'd be curious um, uh, to see it. If the second one's bad, then yeah, we probably yeah. probably know where that where that train leads. Yeah. The um uh, anyway um uh, so uh Krampus and and Gremlins I think are both great. Gremlins is always my, so fun story about me. Every time I am wrapping my Christmas presents. I watch Die Hard. Watch it every year while I'm wrapping my Christmas presents. If I exceed the uh, the time allowed for Die Hard and I'm still wrapping presents, Gremlins is the next movie I go into. Right after that, the um, I absolutely love Gremlins. Um, I, I have for a long time, and arguably, I still go in fights with myself about which one I like more, um, Gremlins one or Gremlins two. Um, you really, because I I would have thought I never would. I would even remotely come close to having that kind of challenge in my life until I actually saw Gremlins 2, and I'm like, "Fuck! I really it, this is really kind of bothering me." The oh um, my, I, I mean, you know, it's it. There's a, a spider Gremlin to Angel of Death by Slayer. What the fuck's not to like? The uh, <laughs> the uh, even Zach's like, I just I the, the the image just just does wonderful things, but. Um, but yeah, just like the aesthetics of Gremlins, the you know um, the you know the set design, the script, um, everything that's going on. The I, the fucking fight in the kitchen is probably my favorite scene in that whole movie. Um, and actually, it was originally supposed to be way more violent than that. I heard it some like some behind the scenes feature like originally, I think the mom was supposed to die, and that whole scene was supposed to be much more violent than it actually was.
2: I don't remember reading anything like that. Like the biggest difference between script and filming that i can think of for that movie is gizmo was originally supposed to become a gremlin i did hear about that and they decide during filming that no let's keep him good and that's why gizmo doesn't move around a lot in the second half because they really only designed the gizmo puppet for (laughs) everything that he did in the first half Mm -hmm. so fair enough
1: i know they had a lot more movement in the second one the, um, but, but yeah, I, I love that scene, watching a fucking mom throw a gremlin into a microwave till he explodes, it's pretty great. The, um, uh, but yeah, overall, it's fantastic. Um, I just watched, um, Krumpus, uh, for the first time, the, uh, a few days ago. I actually really enjoyed it. I have my problems with it, for sure. Um, it's not perfect. Um, there's a couple things that, like, I think this... That was your first time? That was my first time seeing it, I'd never seen it before. Um, my, <laughs> the, um... I, I, it's basically a home invasion horror movie combining with family vacation, um, Christmas vacation, the, uh, you never saw Christmas vacation? Nope. You, oh, dude, you guys yeah, I've never seen suck. it either. they oh my God, it's such a good movie.
2: Everybody says I should. You really and by should. by everybody, it's, I mean Justin.
1: It's your, it's, dude, it's your kind of movie. The, um, and Zach, you, you, you would dig it as well. I'm
2: not big on Chevy Chase.
1: Um, if you're gonna, that's probably the best vacation of the vacation series. Um, uh, the, uh, probably next to the original, um, and then, Vegas. yeah, the, uh, Christmas is pretty awesome. Anyway, um, the, uh, I, this, again, I said this earlier, but the set design and everything around it was great. It really could have been a very lazily done movie, and it wasn't. It was done by people who actually gave a shit, um, and there's a, there's actually a, a fantastic animation in in the movie they do a like a, a a past story it's in the same vein as Coraline, um and it is really good and surprisingly like heartfelt in the middle of it um one of the biggest criticisms that i heard from people you know from people before is, is like oh, all these people are terrible people and they're all dicks and everything else and i'm like yeah they are but they're but they're not unredeemable. They're just, you know, it's just a family. It's family squabbles, which happens at every Christmas. They made them sound, you know, in the, all the re- negative reviews, they were like, oh, they're all awful. And I was like, they're, you they made them sound like hardened criminals or, <laughs> or vindictive, horrible people. I'm like, this is family drama bullshit that you would see at any Christmas at all. You know, The truth hurts, Mark. It, I mean, you know, no, it's, it's, I actually, I, I love no, this. No, like
2: I, I'm saying, do, do you think those critics who took issue of that were maybe single a little too much probably. real life in it and they prob, got butt hurt over prob, it?
1: Probably, probably, probably. Oh, butt hurt. I, I, we should bring that back.
2: 1990
1: I, I, called. Oh, love it. The um, uh, But I loved how sarcastically cynical that movie was. Um, it had a lot of cynicism to it. The, the whole opening scene is like... It, like this is how Zach feels about Christmas. Like the spirit of this movie was like, was so much about how Zach sees Christmas with such a cynical fucking eye. The um, uh, especially He's not wrong. especially the opening scene with like all the Black Friday in slow motion is fucking hilarious. It's literally like like a doorbuster where a bunch of people get fucking trampled, <laughs> and then like this giant fat security guard literally tases two Just people. Just out of
2: curiosity, have any of us ever actually done a Black Friday no. shopping? No, I like, had no, like no, at never. The moment the no, door's open, no, never, never, never wanted to it.
1: And never also, buy. and also, a piece of advice: never buy electronics on Black Friday because they purposely sell shit for Black Friday. Yeah, if you check the barcodes; it's one digit off, the or has an extra digit. Um, it literally has like an F or a D on the end. And it's specifically electronics that are more than likely to break. And 90% of people don't buy the fucking warranties. Yeah. The uh,
2: Whenever yep. I've done Black Friday shopping, it's always like in the middle of the day. Like yeah, after when, all the crowds have died down. Well, know, like, here's you know, the
0: thing. Places started doing early deals like on correct. Wednesday.
2: Like GameStop, you, I used to call it
0: Black Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You would just go on Wednesday. I picked up like 20 fucking games after I started, you know, working. Early on, I'm just like... It's not the same. It's just, just fucking easier. I don't know why people do the Friday shit.
1: Fucking idiots. Like, they, they don't do the doorbusters anymore. Like, they spread it out so much now that it's nowhere near that it was in, like, the, um, you know, 80s all the way up to the mid-2000s. There you go. And then also, you know, online shopping is just so much fucking easier. Well, yeah, they got they got uh, Cyber Monday, and the, you know, and the crazy thing—I is... was gonna say
0: Cyber Monday and Black Friday—it the, doesn't matter. Yeah, you get the same deals. You
1: really do. And then also too, the other thing is like they stopped doing the the doorbusters for the exact fucking reason that it, that it was depicted in the opening scene of this. People actually died. The, uh, people because tr-
0: people are stupid.
1: They, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. This is the one time I'm gonna agree with Zach on this. Yes, they were, they were fucking stupid.
2: Black Friday is for fucking morons. Yeah, and... I, I never got it, and it's also like I can't believe I'm quoting The Office, but it's like you're only saving that amount of money if it's something that you were already intending on buying anyway.
1: Exactly. The uh, and you know what? And and I'm and that's like the one. Like the footage from uh, from that opening scene is exactly like the make fun of footage you would see on like YouTube of all the people, the horror stories. Um, but but yeah, it had a really cynical sense of humor. Like the, the practicals were fantastic. Um, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun, and actually, just watching some of the practicals the second time when I walked in, I was like having even more fun. Um, Good Bad Flicks actually brought it up. Like it, it kind of had, especially with the gingerbread guys, kind of had that feel of Army of Darkness to it. Um, uh, you know, it was kind of a silly like.
2: Did Good Netflix do Krampus?
1: They um no, he did a review on it though. He didn't. Uh, he didn't okay. do it so and, it wasn't one of his actual. It wasn't, wasn't it was one of his a breakdowns, review. but it was a oh. it was a movie review. And he's like, yeah, it was. It kind of had like some of those uh, like Army of Darkness moments, which were pretty cool. Um, the um, a couple like nitpicks that I had like. You know some of the decisions that some of the characters make I didn't care for like yeah. especially like the the parents letting the daughter go
2: like it, it does have those moments but it was one of those things where it's like is it worth mentioning yes did it take me out of the movie no no
1: it, dude and the one guy um, who's in a bunch of a bunch of comedy movies I David Keckner David Kechner, yeah he's fucking fantastic he's like the ultimate redneck it's it's fucking dude he literally his his Humvee is, is he names it Lucinda. And he's got the, this giant drawer that comes out with like a perfect shotgun with a flashlight on the end of it. The uh, oh, it's so great. The uh, literally looks like blades shrunk. Like like <laughs> literally like comes out like with a, a, a mechanics it's great. Oh um, my. The uh, but yeah, um, the the ending is the most controversial part of that uh, part of that movie, and the uh, and I won't spoil it in this podcast, but. Um, everybody will know what the fuck I'm talking about when they actually see it. Um, I actually, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it, because it it kind of it didn't do what I thought it was going to do, which I'm glad it didn't. The um, uh, it it basically almost went for the cliche ending, but
2: then totally said, "Fuck you, we're not actually going to do that." The um, uh, I do know somebody who thinks they did do. And I, I, I'm assuming things right now because you're not saying I, anything. I, and we'll you're talk being, about it. You're being cryptic right now, so I'm making assumptions about what you're being cryptic about. Mm. But if I am understanding you the way I think you want to be understood, Zach is shaking his head. Please tell because me. Because I am fully aware of how ridiculous the two of us sound right
0: now. Yeah, oh, oh, you heart- don't
2: fucking say.
0: <laughs> or you're here just like, I fucking hate Christmas. Why are we doing this?
2: But I do know somebody who does actually, despite certain th- a certain thing being revealed in the end, still thinks that they did that cliche thing.
1: No, yeah, no, no. It, they, despite
2: the fact that it shows you that it did not, in fact, do the cliche thing. It,
1: exactly. Like it's so much. It's it's so much more. It's a Wonderful Life and Ebenezer, you know, and, and um, Christmas Carol than it is Wizard of Oz. The um, uh, it, you know, it, it's yeah, it's really good. I actually cracked a joke though, <laughs> at the end. I'll tell my um, uh, the uh, literally watching with all uh, with Vinny and everybody else, and then um, uh, <laughs> when the kid woke up, <laughs> I was I was like I was like um, uh, I was like is he gonna go to the window and, and see a boy on the street and be like, you sir, what day is it? <laughs> you young boy, what day is it? Why it's Christmas Day, sir. Of course it is. The um, uh, I but besides that though, like I actually really liked it. But a lot of people are not gonna like it, it, it um, because they're they're you know they're gonna be like oh this and that. But I I, I really really dug it, um, uh, and and overall it's a really enjoyable movie. The uh, one of
2: the better PG thirteen horror movies out there.
1: Definitely, there's a lot of again that's that's one of those like shark movie theories. Yeah, I think that they're although we we kind of. Slightly disprove that, and, and that one podcast that we did a while back, 13 one, that there yeah. are quite a few that we didn't even, we weren't even thinking about, and and then when we actually had to go and research, there were quite a few. Yeah. The um uh, so so yeah, those are those are two of the the best ones. I didn't get a chance to see Silent Night Deadly Nights. I mean, but but Gremlins and Krampus were both um, both great. I highly recommend them. So the so uh, those your picks? Yeah, those were my picks. All right. Now,
2: so. Zach. I do think it was very mean of Mark that he kind of forced Anna and the Apocalypse on you, since that is a movie you don't like. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> that was a jerk thing you did to Zach. Oh, but I want... not mince words here. It was a jerk thing.
1: Oh, but I wanted to see him rant about it. The, but um... Zach,
2: do you have any Christmas horror movies that you would actually like to talk about?
0: I only have one Christmas horror movie that I would like to is talk about. Is it what about? I
2: think it's going to be? Probably. Okay.
0: It is the only Christmas horror movie that I watch every year, and it is the greatest Christmas movie slash Christmas horror movie in all of existence. In fact, you could say this is my revenge against Mark. So, have you
2: figured it out yet, buddy? How have you not figured it out yet, Mark?
0: Oh, no. The best Christmas movie and Christmas horror movie to ever hit the screen and just life itself, oh, is Jaws the Revenge. Fuck you. No, Mark. Do not <laughs> fuck me. Fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> no, you don't fuck me. I fuck you. <laughs> Wait, what? Jaws the Revenge. Oh, my God. It's a very simple movie. Oh. It is a very elegant movie. It is a great movie. I hate you so much. <laughs> it is about a shark that gets revenge on the Brody family. Because of Fairly. Sharks Durant. have feelings. <laughs> it's literally the stupidest movie I've ever seen. It is so fucking great.
2: I would like to say
0: and that... And it takes place on Christmas, so it works.
2: I would like to say that in terms of actual entertainment, I do think it is the second best of the Jaws I movies. still debate which
0: one's the second best. It's always between three and Michael four. Kane, I love
1: Michael Kane won an Academy Award. And he couldn't come to fucking accept the award because he was filming this goddamn
0: movie. And you know what? He should be proud of that moment because what he filmed was a goddamn masterpiece. He does the most
1: inappropriate shit in the world with children in that movie. I'm going to fly this plane straight the fuck down while I have a child in my lap. And hopefully you don't go through the goddamn windshield.
2: So, and best this, Michael Caine
0: movie ever. You
2: know it. And it's not the best Michael Caine movie. but oh. um, And this is going to be Brandon, the cinematographer, speaking here for a second. I do <laughs> find it very amusing that and I actually tracked down old American cinematogra- cinematographer issues, the magazine. And they had something on this fucking movie. Jaws the Revenge was not only the cover story. It beat out... Predator in the same issue as the cover story. Dude, that's got to
1: piss you off. <laughs> no, it
0: doesn't. I love Jaws. <laughs> God damn. And it just validates my opinion even more.
1: <laughs> the, uh, it's Michael, actually not a bad looking dude, movie. Michael Michael Kane uh, was in this movie so he can get a free fucking trip to the Bahamas. That's one of the reason why.
0: Well, and I do, he gets to say he was in a Jaws movie. Who I, wouldn't
2: want that? I do believe there was an interview where somebody asked him, did you ever see Jaws of Revenge? And he said, no, but I've seen the house that it paid for. It's magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
0: That is amazing. Oh, God, I love this movie. If you haven't seen it for some reason, I don't blame you, but you really should watch it. Is it is a fucking dumpster fire. Just, just to give a little backstory, there's a the novelization you know of this what? movie is great.
2: I keep talking. Okay. I'm going to get something.
0: Okay, you do that. But yeah, the novelization of this movie expands a little bit more light on this. So the reason, you know, the shark apparently has a grudge against the Brody family is because when uh, Chief Brody, back when he was a cop in New York, I guess arrested a witch doctor or a voodoo priest or something along those lines. It's been many a year since I've read the book. And the witch doctor, voodoo priest, whatever the fuck it is, placed a curse on the Brody family, a very specific one so that a shark would haunt him for the rest of his life. <laughs> because that makes sense! It is
1: so great! It th- is uh, hands down one of the stupidest fucking things I've yeah,
0: ever seen. they don't address that in the movie. In fact, the movie is just, you know, the shark is just killing the Brody family. You know, goes to Amity Island on Christmas, kills the youngest son, and then, you know, everybody's all in awe. The mother goes t- with the other son. It follows them to the fucking Bahamas! It follows them! I just want to point out, the, the oldest son decided to take a career in marine biology. You know, after all that shit that happened to him and his family over the past three fucking movies, he's going to make a career in marine biology. Oh, my
1: God. It's almost as bad as the one with the, at the fucking theme park.
0: The theme park one was just straight-up hilarious entertainment. That was
1: with, Jaws 3D, right? Yeah,
0: with great 3D effects, I might add.
1: Oh my god. Oh no, it was, it was awful pretty. But
0: yeah, he doesn't want the mother to celebrate Christmas alone in that fucking hellhole, so brings her to the Bahamas and then everything just kind of goes to hell. And
1: Michael Caine's like the weirdest fucking dude in that movie. He oh, is god. great. It is beautiful. Oh, it is. Oh my god.
0: God, I just love the movie. It's so fun. It is retarded fun. It is. No, it's just pure fun. And,
1: and I'm back. The, uh, um,
2: so, before I Oh, no, go we, into what I brought here. Um, yeah, we were
1: on a rant for a while while you were gone.
2: Yeah, because I apparently can't go a whole podcast without mentioning Joe Dante. Oh, God. Um, or a Simpsons quote. Or a Simpsons quote. Uh, there was actually a point where Joe Dante was supposed to direct Jaws 3. I would have loved to have seen that. Oh, that yeah, except back then it was going to be a co production with National Lampoon. Oh, and it was going to be called Jaws 3 People Zero. Oh, my God. I would have loved to have seen that. No. No. Oh, with National Anthem. But what happened was it kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed. I wonder why. And Spielberg offered Joe Dante one of the Twilight Zone movie segments. And since that was actually going to be a go picture, Joe Dante jumped ship and and went with Twilight Zone. So what I have here is the official Razzie movie guy. (laughs) <laughs> and there is actually a chapter dedicated to Jaws the Revenge. There's a whole chapter. Jesus Christ. The chapters are super short in this book. All right. Um,
1: There's a quote in there that you have in mind. I know there, there is.
0: I like how it's at the beginning of the book as well. It's like one of the first books. pages. Yeah, well, pages.
2: it's uh, divided into sections, and this is in a section called All God's Creatures Large and Lame. And the other movies in this section are Anaconda, Ape, The Beach Girls and the Monster, The Giant Spider Invasion, Goliath and the Dragon, Jaws the Revenge, yeah. King Kong Lives, and Trog. I don't know, but I really want to see
0: the movie Beach Girls and the Monster. So um, um,
2: And so it's got some actual critic quotes to start the chapter. Uh, From Roger Ebert. (laughs) Not simply a bad movie, but also a stupid and incompetent one. A ripoff. Ripoff? From Desson Howe of the Washington Post. There's more suspense in On Golden Pond. Some sequences among the humans are so pathetic that you begin rooting for the shark.
0: Well, it's the Washington Post, though.
2: (laughs) And then from Variety... The attack sequences, full of jagged cuts and a great deal of noise, more closely resemble the view from inside a watching machine. It mentions how Mrs. Brody is so mad she starts remembering incidents from previous Jaws films that happened when she wasn't even there. <laughs> Hey man, those flashbacks, they're great. You gotta remember the Good Jaws movie, right? She spins the ship's wheel wildly towards the shark, impales it on the broken prowl, and it explodes for no clear reason.
1: How is that not awesome? That's the Power Rangers effect right there, folks. There you go. Explosions happen for no reason. They really do.
2: Then comes the most blatant test market ending of all time, as Van Peebles is suddenly found alive, and everybody gets to go home happy. Everybody but the paying patrons, that is. On opening night in Hollywood, Jaws the Revenge was regularly greeted with audience guffaws, and when it ended, an extensive angry boo was left lingering in the air. (laughs) In large part because of his worst actor-nominated performance here, Bruce the Shark received our 1987 Worst Career Achievement Razzie Award, (laughs) and no one found our choice fishy in the least.
0: Someone needs to light that thing on fire after this. Oh my
1: god, it's, god, it's so disgusting. Fucking movie. The, uh, oh man.
2: The so, Razzies. They used to be sort of relevant?
1: No, not so much. So. That movie's fantastic. You don't uh, know what you're talking about, Oh Mark. my god. The, uh, so. Um,
2: it- I think that that's a... This is a really interesting podcast. This really was today. an
1: interesting one. The um, uh, I, and actually I have no question of the podcast just because that uh, in-depth conversation got real deep. So I'm going to... I'm yeah. gonna, Like, I'm gonna like I said, out. I've
2: never gone so much for a movie that I overall just think is... man Meh. Meh. They, uh, and it's like I mean, my thoughts on the movie are the thoughts of the movie, but it's like, as a filmmaker, I always just think it's interesting discussing what behind the scenes things led to absolutely a movie and there wasn't really a lot of information about this one so it is just all of our speculation true and after all that speculation it really is for a movie that i think is meh
1: yep i think i think this is a good time for final thoughts
2: (laughs) um all right so for my final thoughts christmas horror movies there are some good ones there are some lesser known hidden gems like better watch out Uh, I think that's probably the top of my list for hidden gems that should be sought out. Um, Like I said, it's like nobody really talks about that one. Um, And then there's the Creepshow Holiday Special. Seek that out and let me know how weird you thought it was.
1: (laughs) I can't wait. Zach. I hate Christmas. (laughs) No squirrels? No. (laughs) Uh, My final thought is that, that there are christmas movies for everybody Mm -hmm. um the uh there's the regular you know happy sappy ones there's a really good cynical comedy ones and there's also some uh, some pretty good you know horror uh, christmas ones as well so christmas at the end of the day is what you make it there's plenty of shit out there for everybody so that's my final thought Brandon, Mm -hmm. take us out
2: um well before i take us out did you ever hear the one about the uh chess tournament the high school chess tournament that was happening and in the hotel, there are two kids in the tournament talking. And then one of the hotel workers came up to them and said, Hey, we can't have chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. I would shoot him.
1: <laughs> I really want to close it out. <clears throat> all right. Thank you He's all. He's always for... so fucking proud of himself, too. He really is. No shame. Zero. None. Like Jaws uh, Jaws, uh, uh, the Revenge kind of shame level. None. There's zero. no shame in Jaws the Revenge. Yeah zero just the revenge is just a great movie oh. can I
2: take us out please yes alright thank you for listening to this episode of the nightmares podcast you can listen to all of our previous episodes wherever podcasts are available also be sure to seek us out on social media at midwest horror network on facebook instagram youtube and
1: slasher and of course if you are checking this on youtube uh, go ahead and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time I hey, you drop amazing content, stab that like button, smash that subscribe. And, of course, if you are checking us out on a podcast streaming service, press the little follow button to also be notified every time we drop a new episode of the Nightmares Podcast. Merry Christmas, filthy animals. We'll see you later.
2: Don't you mean scary Christmas? I'm going to stab you.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: Later.